so uh, the previous Rebbe, before he passed away, he um, asked that a discourse of his be printed to be studied in honor of the yard site of his grandmother. And um, that, that discourse um, that was printed that Shabbos um, was the last discourse that he asked to print in his lifetime and uh, in this world. And so um, the uh, Rebbe said this discourse wasn't just a discourse in honor of, of, of the um, Rebbetson, um, Rib Rivka, his grandmother, but also this discourse was connected to his own passing. And every year, the, the Rebbe um, said we should study one of the 20 chapters of this discourse. And each year, the Rebbe delivered a mimer on the chapter corresponding to that year. So this year, we're in the um, fourth cycle of Vaslagani, and we're studying the 14th chapter. The title of the discourse, in general, all of our Rebbes, in addition to sharing Hasidus the purpose of um, teaching Hasidus, the, um, there's another angle to sh- when a Rebbe says Hasidus. The, um, the previous Rebbe writes in Hayom Yom, and the Rabbeim would, would say Hasidus also to purify the air. In each Rebbe had a certain discourse that he would say just to bring purity to the world. And many Hasidim think th- that the Discourses that the Rebbe said on, on, on the last discourse of his father-in-law, which are titled Basi Lagani, many Chassidim feel this is the Rebbe's discourse that he uses to purify the world because it's the only discourse that the Rebbe repeated so often, uh, every single year. So, let's just, for, before we go, get into um, uh, one of the discourses on, on, this, um, on this year's chapter, um, let's just first understand the simple meaning of this verse. And, and its application, and then we'll, God willing, go into the discourse itself. So, when Hashem created the world, His presence was manifest, thank you very much, mm-hmm. in the physical world. And when um, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, that caused Hashem's presence to become hidden from this world, in the language of, of the uh, Talmud, Hashem's presence left the world and went to the uh, first heaven. Then there were more sins, causing Hashem's presence to become more and more hidden, until it, so to speak, reached the seventh heaven. I once asked uh, the Hasidic uh, Grandmaster, Rabbi Yel Kanal uh, who was, was gifted with this incredible memory, and he was able to repeat the Rebbe's discourses verbatim, after Shabbos, although there's no tape recorder, I asked him, what are the meaning of these seven heavens? He said a very, a very Hasidic answer. Ich I don't know. Anyways, but uh, it, it's referring to, um, whatever it's referring to, it's, it's definitely um, more and more of, more and more darkness. The, 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 the divine presence leaving, reaching the seventh heaven, means that the world is more and more dark, that there is more and more of a concealment of godliness. And then seven can come, and they, with their efforts, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, seven generations of righteous people, and they succeed to reveal Hashem's presence, uh, each one in their generation, more and more, until Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the seventh from Avram, and he succeeded 
to reveal Hashem in this physical world. So that's the meaning of the verse. The verse is, I have come to my garden. Hashem calls this world His garden. There's a place where we, we can create incredible fruits through our Torah, through our mitzvahs, and Hashem looks at the world that way, a place of pleasure. And what brings Hashem back into the garden, this efforts of the seventh generation, the efforts of Moshe Rabbeinu. And how was his, was his presence revealed? So there was different stages in this revelation. The first revelation was at the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, Hashem's presence is revealed. And everyone sees Hashem. <clears throat> but that, pres- that, that revelation stops. And the shofar is sounded, and they, lo- they, they no longer see Hashem. Then there's the sin of the golden calf. But there is something that Moshe Benu does that at least temporarily creates a consistent, pre- consistent presence of Hashem in this world. And that is the construction of the mobile tabernacle. When, Jewish, when the Jewish people traveled in the desert, they had the Mishkan with them. The Mishkan wasn't just a place where they offered sacrifices. The Mishkan was a place where God's presence was revealed. But it was called a, temple, a temporary home. It was called a tent. Um, then the temple was built in Jerusalem many, many years later through Shoma Melech, who was actually um, 15 generations from Avram. That's why it says that... Um, Shlomo Melech uh, was able to bring a full revelation of Galilee in this world because he was the 15th, 15th generation. The Jewish people, our calendar is connected to the, the, the uh, moon. And so just like the 15th day of the month is when the moon is full, so to the 15th generation from Avram, Shlomo Melech succeeds in bringing the full revelation of Galilee in the world. And he builds the first, first temple. But even the first temple, although it's now a permanent structure for Hashem's presence to be revealed, it also doesn't last forever. It lasts 410 years, and then it's destroyed. And 70 years later, the second temple is built. It lasts for 420 years, right? 420 years, second temple. So, um, so it, it, and then it's, that temple is destroyed as well. And each temple had something unique and what contributed to Hashem's presence being in the world. Each one had advantage over the other. So Hashem's presence in the physical world wasn't, uh, was no longer revealed in the way that it was in the temple existed. Um, interesting thing um, not so relevant but it's Kishmak so let me share it Achayim. the Gemara says that um, once the temple was destroyed all that Hashem has in this world are the Dar Amasha are the four cubits of of, of um, Halacha places where Torah is studied that's what Hashem has in this world that's what Hashem's presence is revealed we study Torah so the Al-Tarebbe said that the word Halacha means movement or inspiration. And the Alter Rebbe said that there was a difference between visiting the Beis HaMikdash and visiting the Baal Shem Tev. When you came back from visiting the Beis HaMikdash, you were left very inspired, very holy. But when you visited the, um, the Baal Shem Tev, you no, not only were inspired yourself, you wanted to inspire others. You wanted to share your experience. The, the, just a visit of Baal Shem Tev it, it propelled you to go out of your house and to reach out to people and make them inspired too. So the Alter Rebbe said that just like this is true from by visiting the Baal Shem Tev, so too is this true by the students of the Baal Shem Tev and the students of the students of the Baal Shem Tev. And then, the way, then when they get together and their gatherings and their fabrengans, that's the place Hashem has in this world. That's a place of a divine revelation. 
that's what Hashem. That's the that's the inner meaning of the Gemara's words. Hashem has dalam shalacha. Hashem has a place of halacha, the place of movement, the place of inspiration. But fabrengans aren't the purpose of creation. I mean, they fulfill some of the purpose of creation of like every ter- every every minog, every custom, every every mitzvah. Every time we learn Torah, but the ultimate purpose of creation is a basilagani that Hashem's revelation should be in the in the world in a permanent way, as it will be the coming of Mashiach. So the previous Rebbe. It's fascinating that he gave this discourse, which discusses the virtue of the seventh generation, um, to be to be to studied on the day of his passing, and the day of his passing is the day of the uh, when the sun sets and the sun rises. The sun of the sixth generation sets, and the sun of the se- the sun of the seventh generation rises, and uh, the seventh generation, the role of the seventh generation, as Rebbe said in his very in his very first discourse on this verse, is. To cause the full basilagani, it's to cause Hashem's presence to be revealed in the world forever. Mashiach shall come. That's our role. We are the seventh from the Alter Rebbe, and is it is um, our although it's, we're not greater than our grandparents and great 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 grandparents. Nevertheless, um, we are like the midget on their shoulders. Who although the giant uh, is greater than the midget, but uh, he's strong. But he he can't see. Over um, as far as as a midget who's on his shoulders can see, if there's a wall blocking the vision of the giant, he could take a midget, put it on his shoulders, and, and the midget is just a little bit higher now. He could see farther, and so to our generation, uniquely, has the uh, distinct privilege of bringing Mashiach. And um, the previous Rebbe already in his time said that all that's left to bring Mashiach is to polish the buttons. And the Rebbe said that when you polish something for too long, it actually can ruin it. So the, whatever the previous Rebbe meant by polishing the buttons, the previous Rebbe actually, he said what he meant. He said that um, at that time he, he was discussing the sacrifice of Jews in Soviet Russia, Kipter Mitzis, and he said that's, that's what we need to do now to polish the buttons to re- prepare for Mashiach. It's interesting that the, um, that the Rebbe said the buttons were polished, and they didn't say exactly what he meant, but um, at the time the Rebbe said this, it was a time when, when the uh, things changed in the world. There was no longer the need in Soviet Russia to have the same kind of sacrifice that was before. Pestroika, Gorbachev, the world changed, and there was no longer that kind of sacrifice was, was, uh, was needed. That's, that's, that's how I heard from Rabbi Yossel Katzman, so he, how he interpreted the polishing the buttons. Anyways, weird as it may, the, um, the, the, the buttons are polished, Mashiach's ready to come, and now it's time for Basilagani. Now it's time for the revelation of Hashem in this world, the coming of Mashiach. So we're going, we're going to learn again the 14th chapter, we're going to learn the discourse of the Rebbe on the 14th chapter. Now, the Rebbe recited a uh, discourse in um, both 1964 and 1984. In 1964, the Rebbe recited uh, not just one discourse, but three discourses on, this, on, this, on, this, um, on the 14th chapter. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have yet a um, copy of what the Rebbe said on that on that Shabbos, the first two discourses, I, I don't know. What, I, I remember there was being some issue in 1964 with Chazara, with with people trying to remember the Rebbe's discourses. I don't remember what the issue was exactly, but I know that there's a lot of things we don't have from 1964. Either way, so the Rebbe said a discourse on Friday night after davening. The Rebbe said a discourse again on Shabbos afternoon. But all we have is discourse that was said on Saturday night again. I've repeated again this discourse, each this time adding something more, on this 14th chapter. Uh, so we're going to learn the discourse from 19, 1964. With no further ado.
Um, I, I, I sent out a PDF of, um, of the Mimer, uh, which but the Mimer learning is on page 14. Let's go. I've come to my garden, my sister, my bride. And the one whose anniversary of passing it is. Actually, the word Hilula means celebration. As the Rashim B'Yuchoy said, that his day of passing is a day of celebration. And in general, it says that's true for tzaddikim who are associated with the inner dimension of Torah, that their day of passing is also called a day of celebration. So the previous Rebbe, whose anniversary of passing it is. Yudalat said in the discourse that he said should be distributed on the day of his passing. The meaning of my garden is my bridal chamber. The the place that I was most originally, the place where I was most found before. Where was Hashem most revealed before? That Hashem's presence. This refers to Hashem's presence was revealed in this physical world originally when the world was made. That originally before the sin of the tree of knowledge, the Shekhinah was revealed here, began in heaven. Well, Ganeiden was on this world. Ganeiden was revealed, was on this physical world. Heaven was here. Heaven was on earth. And then through the sin of the, of the tree of knowledge and the subsequent sins of subsequent generations, the Shekhinah departed, so to speak. Hashem's manifest presence departed from this world until it reached the seventh heaven. And then Tzadikim came. And each Tzadik was able to draw the Shekhinah from above to below, each one through their own unique service of Hashem, until Meish Rabbeinu was the seventh, and all seventh are beloved, and Moshe Rabbeinu, his service of Hashem is beloved. What does it mean it's beloved? It does the main purpose of Hashem in the world. Hashem's intent and creation is not that Hashem's presence should be revealed in the seventh heaven, in some higher realm. Rather, the goal of creation is that the world itself should experience the revelation of Hashem. And that's why it says, all seventh are beloved. Um, actually, I'm not sure... That's why all seventh are beloved. Shabbos was the first seventh. Uh, maybe because Shabbos is the seventh, is the first, that's why all seventh are beloved. But either way, Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the seventh from Avram Avinu, he uniquely achieves the whole purpose of creation, um, a, actually a pivotal step, not the whole purpose, Mashiach's coming is a purpose, a pivotal step in the, in, in the uh, purpose of creation and brings the divine presence to be revealed in this world. And this is the meaning of the Pasuk. Tzadikim inherit the land. And they'll dwell upon the world forever. Hainu, what is this Pasuk referring to? Tzadikim. Doesn't just refer to um, Tzadikim. It refers to every single Jew. It's called a Tzadik. And they inherit Ganadin, they merit to go to Ganadin. Why they get to Ganadin? Because they cause Hashem to dwell upon this earth. Hashem is called in this verse La'at. Why is Hashem called La'at? La'at means forever. Because it says in the Torah, 
Hashem dwells, Hashem lives forever. Hashem who is lofty, Hashem who is holy, Sheikhin Admar Vakadesh, Hashem who is exalted and holy, He dwells forever. So the one who dwells forever, He is brought up on this earth through the efforts of every Jew. Every Jew is called a tzaddik. And that's why every Jew merits to go to Ganeid. They cause Hashem's presence to be revealed in this world. So we see this by Meshe Rabbeinu, that he did this, and this is also the, 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 what every Jew accomplishes. How does every Jew accomplish Hashem's presence to be revealed in this world? Like a restaurant, I saw that yawn. That yawn is a good example of a skafia. You were tired this morning, you're like, no. I am coming to Chesidus. It doesn't matter. I'm going to come to Chesidus and I'm going to subdue uh, whatever it is to, that will take me away from this. So skafia means to subdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skafia means to subdue your, your inclination to do something that you shouldn't. Or to do, uh, or to um, re- resist the temptation to not do something you should, and uh, eskafia eventually causes eshabcha. Eshabcha means that no longer are you white knuckling it and pushing yourself to the right thing, but your animal soul itself is changed and wants to do the right thing. So by a Jew subduing his animal soul, eventually transforming it. Both of those processes, not just the second, but even the first, that causes that causes God's presence to be revealed in, in all the worlds. The word istalik, often, more often than not, is translated to mean to depart. But in this instance, the Zohar uses this word to, call it, to, to describe revelation. And the reason the Zohar uses a word which means to the, which it seems to be an opposite thrust, is this word about going away. It's not, does Estalik mean to go away? Or does Estalik mean to arrive, to, be, to come, to, 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 to be revealed? So the answer is, is, the reason the Zohar uses this word is because we're talking about a very lofty light, which is transcendent. Huh? Yeah, yeah. A very great revelation of godliness. And this great revelation of godliness, this this is, is revealed in this world. That's also why uh, the passing of Atzaika is called Histalkos. Why is it called Histalkos? Because although externally, overtly, it looks like the Atzaika has left Chas HaShalom, what's really going on is, is that there's a, a greater revelation of the Tzaddik in this world. It's not, um, Tzaddikim never leave, like shepherds, they never leave their flocks. And so even when the Tzaddik passes away, it's Histalkos, it's, it's, there's a great revelation of the tzaddik, an infinitely greater revelation of the tzaddik. So that's the word we're using over here to describe the impact of a, a Jew subduing his animal soul. Is eskafia, and when a Jew subdues his animal soul, what does that cause? It causes a revelation of godliness in all the worlds, a transcendent revelation, an infinite revelation that's beyond all the worlds, is, is brought to be revealed in all the worlds through a Jew just overcoming his animal soul. And this is the meaning of the words in the Torah, I will dwell within them. That word, that, that phrase contains two components. Component number one, there are two components of this word, of this phrase. First of all, first of all, Hashem says, I will dwell. I will dwell. What is Hashem referring to when He says, I will dwell? He's referring to the tabernacle. He's referring to the first and second temple. 
that that's where the divine presence is again, Basi Lagani, Hashem is again revealed in the world. I've come to Megar. That's the first thing Hashem means. I will dwell in the Mesa Migdash. But then Hashem adds a word, Uvisech. I will dwell within them. Hashem doesn't say I'll dwell within it. Hashem says I will dwell within them. Why does Hashem say I'll dwell within them in the plural? Because Hashem is referring to not just one location at one time, but every single Jew. That through his efforts of serving Hashem, he causes the divine presence to be revealed within him. So, they've actually said in a, um, a letter that the reason why we need to daven, why it's important for us to daven, it's because Hashem wants to be revealed in the world. And so because Hashem wants to be revealed in the world, He, he gave the Jewish people the midst of bringing sacrifices. And when they brought the sacrifices, they brought the divine presence to be revealed. So too it says that davening is a place of sacrifices, and Hashem wants to be revealed in the world. He wants to be revealed in every single Jew. And therefore He tells every Jew to daven because I, you are a temple. It's very powerful to think. Think about it. You are the temple. And Hashem is looking for a place to be in the world. And therefore he tells you to dive in because he needs a place to dwell. He wants to dwell within you. Um, just to open it up for a second, a little deeper. Um, let's dive into that a little bit more. When the temple stood and the sacrifices were offered... Um, the Ben Bachaya compares the sacrifices, the Torah compares the sacrifices to bread. Just like when you eat bread, it allows your soul to, to, main, to maintain its attachment to your body, so too the, the temple and the sacrifices brought in the temple cause Hashem's presence to be connected and revealed in the world. And just like if you stop eating, first thing it does, it affects your mood, not in a good mood. Then it affects your, your, your body, you don't have the same alacrity, you don't have the same energy, you don't have the same animation. And it affects more and more. You, you, you are, um, you're, you're maybe alive, but you're not as alive as when you eat. So similarly, the, the, the sacrifices are called Hashem's bread in the sense that they cause Hashem's presence to be um, connected to the world in a way that, first of all, miracles are happening in the temple every single day when the sacrifices are brought, Hashem's presence is revealed. And also it causes divine grace, divine favor. Just like when you're in a good mood, when you eat, so too the sacrifices cause Hashem's presence not just to be in the world, but to be in the world in a way that we see Hashem's kindness in the world, we see revelation of godliness in the world. And that's also what's achieved by our, by our own davening. So, so without davening, Hashem's presence isn't revealed in us as much. And it's, it's a more, uh, we are more prone to make more mistakes because we don't feel Hashem's presence as much. And what davening does the davening causes Hashem's presence to be revealed in us in a very, in, in a more tangible way, and so even though before we may have um, not resisted the urge to speak negatively about someone else, at least to say some slight um, phrase that uh, could be could be con- considered insulting of someone else, but by Hashem's presence being more revealed in us, then we we stop. So that's the purpose of of the davening and the sacrifices. To cause the Shekhinah to rest, not just in the temple, but in every single Jew. In addition to Hashem resting in the temple, in the simple sense, but through the efforts of all the Jewish people, 
Hashem also rests within every single Jew through his own efforts. And this is the reason why one of the major components of the service of the temple was were the sacrifices. The meaning of the word sacrifice, carbon, comes to the word closeness. The, the sacrifice achieved a closeness between the upper realm and the lower realm. Again, the sacrifice of cause there's divine favor. Sacrifice cause there are miracles in the world. There's divine revelation. So so too in our own service of Hashem, um, the sacrifices mean when we make an effort to come close to Hashem through a skafia, um, subduing our animal soul and, and giving over our, our talents and our abilities to the service of Hashem, that's what, uh, that's what makes it happen. And L'chaim L'chaim, we should see it happen today on Masai. L'chaim V'racha. Any questions or comments? All right. Have a great day, Litrot. Oh. <laughs>